Soul Sagas, where we bring you real stories from real people. Join us on each and every episode as we embark on a journey through the lives of individuals. Stories of adversity, stories of triumph, stories of glory and stories of transformation. Our guests come from all sorts of places and each episode they share with us their journeys through life from where they grew up to where they ended up and everything in between. Hello and welcome to the very first episode of Soul Sagas. On every episode of this show we dive deep into a new life. Each and every episode is a journey through a human life, exploring the life stories, the unique and diverse experiences that has shaped our guests to who they are today. So, for today's first ever episode of the show, we're going to dive into the life of Chris from Most Awesome Travel Show. Chris is a man that has decided to sell and leave everything behind to travel the world with his fiance. Chris, thank you so much for joining me on this first ever episode of the show. I'm fascinated by what I know about you, but I'd love to know more. So in your own words, can you give me a little introduction of who you are and what it is that you do? Yeah, sure. Thanks for having me. Uh, my name's Chris. Uh, what do I do? Uh, right now I'm traveling around the world with my fiance, uh, kind of giving our uh, YouTube, uh, sorry, giving a shot at YouTube, um, trying to make some videos uh, on the side. I'm kind of designing uh, uh, design engineering for a company I started up before I left the States, kind of continuing what I did back home just to make some a continuous income but uh, yeah sounds good sounds good and yeah without without further ado let's dive a little bit into your life chris so tell me where does your story begin and where were you born uh, i was born in washington state in the u.s um uh, yeah just a little suburb outside of seattle by about an hour um and then lived there for most of my life uh, growing up uh, nothing too crazy how was it? How was it living in in Washington State? Is it have you have you stayed there since you've recently moved to have a sort of nomadic lifestyle, or did you move around? Or uh, no, for my, most of my life, I was in Washington State. Uh, I kind of just stayed within the about an hour from where I was born. You know, uh, for mm. for thirty years or so, I, I moved. Uh, I lived in Hawaii for a little bit uh, in my like twenties. And I lived in California for a year. So other than that, Washington State. What was what was school like for you? What was the education system like in your experience? Did you have a good experience in school or was it not really your forte? Yeah, so school was a little bit different for me. Um, I remember like my first week in kindergarten, the school went on strike. And so my parents, uh, my parents pulled me out and they put me into like a, a Christian private school. And so right. for yeah, for like seven years of my life, I did that and I didn't really like school. Um, uh, it was just kind of boring for me. It's always, it always been boring for me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah um, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't much of a test taker and a studier. I love to learn. I just hate being told what to do. So, um, yeah, I think, I think, yeah, I can, I can definitely relate to that. It's, it's for me, school was, was, along the same experiences like just having to focus like your whole education is based on a few series of tests something Mm -hmm. that I've always like sort of struggled with because it's just seems a bit strange to me and it sort of tests your memory more than anything really doesn't it yeah 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 I agree but how was um how was it so you said you went to a Christian school what was that like I'd I'd love to hear more about sort of that experience um it was just you know uh how was it? Uh, it was no different, really. Well, yeah, it's not really much different than a public school, except where you go to like uh, church on Wednesdays, which I'm right. not a super re- religious person. Um, 
uh, I was kind of raised that way, but more more of a spiritual person, I guess, if you were going to ask me that mm. type of thing. Mm. So, but uh, yeah. Yeah, sounds good. And um, yeah, after school, so what did you end up pursuing? Just sort of lead me through that journey of going from school and then whatever it is that you did after. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, stepping out of uh, like the private school, I guess. Um, so seventh grade, uh, you're, you're, you're from London, right? Right. So do they have like the same grades, uh, like, uh, K through 12 there or. No, I think it's different. So for us, it's like, it's like primary school and then secondary school. Um, and then it's like college and then university. So it's a little bit different, but I think I've got a general understanding of the American school system. Okay. Yeah. So like primary school, I went there and then we moved, our, our family moved, uh, going to secondary school for me. My parents got, right. uh, they got separated. Um, and that was kind of hard. So when I was about 16 years old, they started to separate. Mm-hmm. Um, there wasn't a lot of, uh, uh, I guess money coming my way from my parents. So I was kind of, Hey, you know, have no money to do any fun things or get a job. So instead of going to secondary right. school, I, I kind of stopped going to school. Um, mm-hmm. And just started working like full time, forty hours a week at sixteen, which is not legal. Uh, I just, <laughs> I was just doing that. Right. <laughs> so, I was gonna, I was gonna say, like, how how old would you have been at the time? Yeah, I was uh, sixteen years old. So um, right, yeah. But uh, I would just work and work, and then uh, mostly in restaurants. Well, that's that's where I was working. So um, I don't know if you've worked in restaurants before, but uh, the crowd can be kind of, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah. yeah. No, no. You get mixed up Working in the in wrong food st- is like that. Yeah. Yeah. So you kind of can at a young age, you know, you kind of get mi- mixed up in the partying and, and stuff like that. So kind of at the, the first or second year of primary school, I just, uh, I just kind of stopped going and then, uh, but I did, I did, I did attend once in a while anyway, um, kind of got mixed up in some bad stuff and then ended up getting in, uh, uh, a fight in, in high school. And then I got, mm. I actually, I got put in uh, like a juvenile detention center. And so, um, I got from, from uh, that fight. Yeah. From the fight. Um, you know, looking back on it it was stupid, but it kind of shaped the way the rest of my life, uh, turned out. So Mm. I kind of had to, I was, it was kind of always like fighting from the bottom and it kind of gave me the drive to, uh, do, do what I'm doing today and, and, and whatnot. But, uh, Mm. sorry no, i'm kind of rambling but anyway uh yeah oh, so cool. went, <laughs> uh, went to <laughs> went to juvenile detention got out um and then just from then on just throughout secondary school i tried to go back um and and do that but it just wasn't working and so but i just end up uh going down the spiral of like i would go to jail like it seemed almost like every three months i'd be getting arrested really? or whatnot yeah yeah so just uh really caused a lot of strain on my family me you know just life was just really not looking good for me so um at this time were you were you sort of balancing school with work or were you just working or no no the school would call every day and they had like an automated message like oh your your son missed uh periods one two three four yeah. five six <laughs> so every day yeah. and then <laughs> You know, soon they just stopped caring and, and I didn't really want to listen to them. Uh, but uh, I just continued working. Uh, let's see. So this puts me into my like uh, mid-20s, I want to say. 
Yeah, um, I just, I'm sorry if it's just, I just I'm just really sort of interested in the in the juvenile detention center. Yeah. Um, just because I like I, I've I've had like some experiences of like um, people sort of telling me what it's like in the UK. So I was wondering what it was like in your experience because I, I'm assuming at the time you were you were around 16, right? So it's not a jail per se, um, but yeah, it's so kind of is. It's it is. I mean, you, you, yeah, it's it's pretty much just the same as like the. It's not like an American prison, but it's like an American jail. Um, whereas, you know, it's concrete walls and you can play mm. basketball and watch TV and read books and whatnot, but it's, it's not crazy by any means. It's, um, yeah, it's, yeah. it's nothing crazy. So no, fair enough. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So getting, getting on with it, uh, that kind of downward, downward spiral kind of continued for a few years and I just, you know, life was just not on my side as, or so I thought, but it really, it was just me kind of, uh, you know, not le not leading a good path, I suppose. Um, and yeah. so, uh, when I was like 20 years old, I, uh, where do I go? Sorry, I'm bouncing around. Um, wherever it leads you, wherever it leads you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so it, uh, so when I was like 22 years old, I got a job on a cruise ship in Hawaii and, um, I, so I moved, uh, so I went to Hawaii to work on a yeah, yeah. So, because my my history was in restaurants, that's the only place I could get jobs at. Nobody wanted to hire me. I had a record. Uh, you know, I was a I was a felon, uh, and so basically, mm -hmm. no one would hire me. Uh, so, I got a job on a cruise ship. I worked there for a little bit, and that's I'd always wanted to travel. So, to me, that was like a that was like my this is my big break. You know, uh, get yeah. flown out to Hawaii, and you know they have all these promises. Oh, you're gonna make so much money, so much overtime. Well, that's not really the case, but it was still a good time and. It opened my eyes to like, wow, maybe I don't like where I'm at. Maybe I should try to get out and, and see the world. See more of the world. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. What what was it like in the cruise ships? Because from what I've sort of seen of these sort of cruise ship jobs is that you're working, like, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, I'd love to hear your experience about it. But apparently, so the minute you step on board, you're effectively on shift and then you won't be you won't be off shift until you leave. Um and apparently the pay is like really low, but you get everything <laughs> on boarded and yeah, that's essentially it. I mean, you do get breaks uh, at like at night. You're not working 24 hours a day, but it's not like you can just go to the grocery store or go to the pub. They do have like a a, a bar on board that you can have some drinks at, but it's essentially mm -hmm. yeah. You, once you step on board, you're you're on shift for I think two months at a time. It was, but uh, it wasn't okay. too bad. But okay. Yeah, what where was he? Were you traveling a lot in that cruise ship? Or was it just primarily around Hawaii and sort of? Yeah, it just went around the the all like five of the major islands every week. Uh, it was a one week cruise, and it just went from Honolulu to Maui, Maui to Hilo, Hilo to Kona, Kona to Kauai, and back to Honolulu. So just did that for like two months at a time. But uh, anyways, um, yeah, I ended up getting fired from there, kind of disobeyed uh, or not disobeying. Uh, they had these things called like safety drills. I don't remember what they're yeah. called, but uh, you practice like when the boat's sinking, you practice it. And uh, yeah. I had woken up, I had been up really late the night before. And, and uh, one of the senior officers, I was like, I made some snarky remark to or snarky comment to him. And then I got brought <laughs> up to the captain's <laughs> office and then they, uh, yeah, they terminated me. So. Um, really it was when you say captain's office, is that like, do you literally go and speak to the captain if you're in trouble or. 
Is it just yeah, like, yeah, yes. Really? So you have like the you have a court hearing, and so you you have like essentially like a no pope lawyer, which is yeah, it's your union representative, <laughs> and uh, which they don't do anything. It's just like if you're if you made it up the there, uh, the union representative. Yeah, it's just like a normal crew yeah. member. It's just they they elected to be in that position. Right, they got okay. voted in. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. but essentially if you make it up there, you're, you're getting, you're going home. So, right. <laughs> uh, so my fate was sealed. They, they dropped me off in Kauai. And then uh, luckily at the time I was dating a gal and her grandmother worked for an airline company. So I got a free plane ticket back home. So, cause I wouldn't have been able to afford one, <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. so uh, worked for, uh, so anyways, got back home, worked for restaurants, uh, just kept working for restaurants, you know, continued this downward spiral, uh, you know, drugs, alcohol, all that stuff, uh, just kind of leading me down a bad path. And then at uh, this point, would you say you sort of gone back to the place you escaped from? Like you, you had that life you had went to cruise ship and then went back to sort of doing the same things. And, uh, yeah, I mean, in, in a sense, I mean, it, it, it ended up getting a lot worse. I don't really want to go too, too far into them. Uh, Pause. It, yeah, it's it's just uh it's just a bad path and once you get trapped in that path it's just so hard mm. to to ever get out. And so yeah, uh, fast forward like oh, 5 years probably or 4 years. So now let's I'm about 24 years old. You know, I just okay. got out of uh, uh some like rehabilitation facilities and whatnot for the who knows amount amount of time. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I decided, uh, my mom said, hey, you should go live with your uncle. He has no kids. He, he'll help you out. Um, kind of maybe try to show you the way. And so- Is he I in li- Washington? I, yeah, he's in Washington. He's about an hour away. And so for me, uh, that part of just kind of separating myself completely from, from what I knew and the only things I knew, you know, I just had to kind of uproot entirely. I got a new cell phone, just- everything to just kind of cut mm-hmm. off everything in my previous life. And so I packed my bags and I, I lived uh, with him for four years. And my grandmother was, uh, you know, 10 second walk down the road. And so it just uh, yeah. kind of got, got really close with family again. And uh, yeah. Yeah. So, that sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. So, what, what was it like? So from that point, uh, from there, yeah. So uh, I just, continued to struggle finding a job and finding a job and finding a job. You know, I'm a, at this point, I'm a high school dropout. I have my GED, but, uh, which is like a, just a certificate. I don't know if you have those in London. Yeah. But, uh, like lower education sort of certificate. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. And okay. so, uh, I, that's, that's all I have. So basically looking for any, any chance, uh, just to get ahead in life. And, and, um, my dad since says, uh, Hey, I found an ad on Craigslist. Maybe you should apply for it. And it's for like, uh, it's basically for an engineering, but it's entry level. They'll train you everything uh, you need to know. You don't have to have a, a college education to do this type of work. Um, I'm mm. good with compu- computers. I've always been great with computers. I've been on them since I was a kid. So I said, oh, well, I can probably try to figure it out. So I uh, put in my resume, got an interview. Uh, and they said, uh, uh, well, we'll give you a shot. And what so- What sort of engineering was it? Sorry. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, fire sprinkler engineering, and so right. Yeah, so it's uh, basically uh, it's one of the trades, or uh, yeah, it's one of the trades in our state where you don't need a college uh, education or a college degree to get uh, into it. Basically, it's all through a national uh, certification agency, 
and it's through mm-hmm. the state the state certification. So you, pretty much anyone can do it. And so right, okay, yeah, yeah. So I I I was driving probably, uh, you know, because this is my this is my big break, I guess. There, so I thought, mm-hmm. you know, um, and by this point, I've been been out of trouble for, you know, a good two three years, uh, no arrests. I'm kind of running a clean straight and narrow. And, uh, so yeah, for, for four years, I woke up at, uh, like five o'clock in the morning, got to work at seven. And then it was like a two to three hour commute back home. So I was driving like five hours a day just to try to make, make things work. I was probably working, uh, you know, I would write down eight hours just for my time, but I would always stay late just because I knew that this could get me ahead in life. Uh, uh, was the sort of career prospects there, like financially speaking and so on? Were, were they there? Were they something that you sort of saw maybe like a future in? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So my dad has been in this industry for 30 years. Um, it's not, it wasn't with his company. Um, it's he, but he said, Hey, uh, this company, I know that they hire new people all the time who know nothing. And they have a, they have a, uh, pretty proven track record on pumping out good designers essentially. Mm-hmm. And so. Uh, when I got in there, I just kind of saw, you know, my experience in the restaurant industry is go, go, go fast, fast, you know, make it perfect, make it quick. And going into the engineering field, uh, yeah, everything was kind of slow and methodical and whatnot. And I wanted to be that, but I also wanted to produce quality work and do it fast, be able to make good decisions. So, um, so yeah, I just, for four years, I, I probably was working 60 hours a week, writing down 40 hours. And I was doing it for myself just because this was my shot, you know? And when I started, I was making, I think it was like minimum wage, which was like 15 bucks an hour, but I didn't really care. Mm-hmm. I just, I just wanted to get ahead uh, for my own, whether or not it was there or, or a different place. If I could just absorb as much knowledge as I possibly could, uh, then I knew I could do better. And then, uh, the owner eventually, you know, started teaching me how to, uh, how to run a business, you know, how to, to form an LLC, how to form a corporation. Was it a small business, the, the, the fire sprinkler company, was it small business or like medium size or? Yeah. So there was about 60 employees uh, working for us at one point in time. Um, okay. so it was, I would say a small to medium. Fairly sized. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Not, it's not too small. Yes. Yeah, so most of the, most of the companies in that field were, you know, there wasn't too many that were much bigger at the time. So uh, in the, in the area. So, um, but yeah, the owner, uh, just kind of took me under his wing, saw that I really had the drive and wanted to do it. And I wasn't, uh, you know, just in it for the money. And that's, that's the thing. A lot of people, especially starting out, I see this, like people just want to do it for the money. They just want to do it for the money. But you know, if you do it because you like it and you want to succeed, then the money will follow. And sure enough, Yes. I mean, sure enough, it did. So I got my certifications uh, all the way to the highest one in the state. Uh, keep in mind, uh, you know, for a, for a high school dropout, now I'm uh, at the end of my career, I was making $150,000 a year. That's that's pretty good. And at what point was this? Uh, which uh, in reference, like what point of- so like, like when, when, when sort of you made it, you weren't like an apprentice anymore and you were sort of making real yeah. engineer money. You were yeah, at this so point 20. I was, so I was, I started when I was 25, I believe. So I think right around 29 is when I was making good money. So it was about four or five years into it. Yeah. So kind of just making, like any trade. 
Yeah, I was just gonna say like making six figures like from 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 just sort of starting off as like you said, no degree and just sort of working your way up. That's that's insane. At this point, were you still working for the company or was it were you at this yep. point doing more sort of your own jobs? No, no. So I was still working for the company. So actually, uh, two year, three years ago, the owner decided to uh, that he wanted to finally sell it, uh, and he came to yeah. me and he asked if I was interested in buying it, and I was interested in buying it, but not quite for. Then there was another uh, couple involved who are the current owners. So it, the price just wasn't for me what he wanted. So I said, yeah. hey, I'm going to stick around for a year. I'll help the new owners transition into it because I'm pretty much at this point, I'm, I've been there the longest. Um, it, yeah. A lot of the senior staff kind of left. They turned everybody around. Um, and so it was just me. So I stayed on for a year to help the new owners um, transition and Bef this was this was last year uh all throughout 2022 yeah and so during 2022 i opened my own company uh doing the same type of work and i just figured it'd be a good backup plan for when if traveling were to fail and so uh, have you have you always had traveling in mind or like throughout I'm, your your career and no, no well so yes and no I, so now I'm skipping around here. Sorry. So let's, uh, so traveling. Yes. I've always wanted to travel, but I haven't ever thought of it as like a reality. I didn't ever know how to do it. Um, but so stepping back a couple years, I think on my fifth year mark, uh, my now fiance started to work for our company as a new designer. Um, people always say, you know, uh, don't ever, don't ever date your coworkers. And I kind of agree in some situations, but, uh, yeah. like this, yeah, it just one thing led to another. We started dating and then like, I think it was like three years later, I, uh, proposed to her and now we're engaged, but, um, nice. Congrats. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, let's see. Let's see. I think like what you said about the, the dating, the coworkers, like, I think in principle, yes, but when you sort of meet the right person or you just sort of have that click, then all principles sort of go out the window, don't they? Yeah, yeah. And especially for me, it's like during my the old me, you know, like from my 20s, my early 20s when I was just messing around, that'd be good advice. But for me, I was kind of like, I was kind of like done with those types of years in my life, you know, the party years and just kind of the wild and crazy years. So for yeah. me and she was she wasn't that type of person either she, so we were like okay i think we can make this work we both kind of click so and it worked <laughs> yeah man so, yeah, sounds good so but yeah so uh, at this point you were sort of you were sort of um i, I believe like last time we left it was like sort of 2022 new owners yeah. left yeah so but backing up first so t because you can't just like i mean we really we didn't have a, a lot of money up until the pandemic so during during 2020, um, we had just bought in a house and then I remember, uh, then we, we bought it and it was like a real piece of crap house. Like it was so bad. It was, it was my first house. Um, there was like mold in it and rats and still in Washington, right? Yeah. Still in Washington. Um, uh, her mom's a real estate agent. So she said, Oh, I can, I can help you out trying to buy a house if you, if you need an agent. So we went and bought this house and it was just like complete just disgusting. I would never, even if I were to flip a house again, I wouldn't buy this house. I'm telling you it was so bad, but <laughs> everyone, everyone like said, Oh, you're crazy. Like, why are you buying this thing? It's like, you're never going to be able to make any money off of it. 
And so was it a good price at least or? Uh, yeah, it was for now, like, right, especially right now. Yeah, it was great price. Um, I don't, yeah. I don't think I ended up really making any money on it, but, but all the money I put into it, I was able to, to pull out. So, but, uh, me and her remodeled it for a whole year, uh, just ourselves, um, with a little bit of help from my uncle and her parents, um, just like on, on working, like working on it, but we didn't hire any contractors, but, uh, uh were you living in what you were renovating it as well. Yeah. Yeah. For like 75% of the time, as soon as we, we didn't even have insulation in the roof. And I remember in the winter time, it was, it was like some nights were yeah, so yeah, cold, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. So, so we ended up doing it and it turned out like beautiful. I would have, I mean, I'd still live in it today, but it just, I'm just kind of tired yeah. of that, the area we were in. So um, Anyway, we sold it once the pandemic kind of got over and then so we didn't really have a home anymore. We were looking to buy, but then last April, uh, April 2022, we were in Hawaii again at a friend's wedding. And so at this uh, point, my fiance, my dad, my dad's. uh, Yeah. Yeah, I was just saying at this point, are you still in, in your old job or have you sort of moved on from that? No, no, no. So this is backtracked. Um, bef- uh, this is middle of last year. I'm still at my old job. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Sorry, my timeline's a little bit uh, uh, skewy. But nah, nah, uh, nah. <laughs> so we take a we take a like a little vacation to go to my friend's wedding in Hawaii. Now, we're having a good time and everything. We're on the beach, and my dad, uh, myself, and my fiance, we're all body surfing in the, in the waves and. Uh, Apparently there was like a storm that rolled in the night before, but they closed all the beaches, but we didn't know that. And so I look over and my dad's floating face down in the water. Uh, And so, yeah, he's like 50 yards away. I grab my fiance and I just start running. I grab a random stranger and I was like, Hey, help, help, help. And I don't, was it stormy out or was it, was it sort of peace and then you saw that? Yeah, it was, it was like, it was a really nice day. The waves were kind of like being sporadic. So like they were three foot waves or uh, yeah, uh, one meter waves, one meter waves. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they jump up to like three meter waves out of nowhere. And right. so he was trying to body surf and apparently he hit his head on the sand and it made him go temporarily paralyzed and he was face down. And so, uh, yeah, luckily we ran over and he was like, I don't know how long he'd been in the water for, but uh, me and a, a stranger and then uh, my fiance pulled him out. The entire beach kind of closed. Everyone was like making a wall with the, the, the body boards around him. And luckily, the, the good thing about vacationing in Hawaii is there was a neurosurgeon and a nurse on the beach, a trauma nurse on the beach. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so they, <laughs> yeah, kind of crazy. So they took over the situation. Um, the paramedics came and basically uh, saved his life. You know, he's like, He's like a year from retirement. And so he's always talking about retiring, retiring. And like right then and there, I was like, he might not be able to do this. He's worked his whole life uh, waiting for this moment. And now, you know, a year till it, he may not be able to do it. So uh, that's crazy. Like it must have been like a spinal injury or something like that, right? Yeah. So he fractured one of his uh, vertebrae, I believe. Um, yeah. One of his upper, yeah, it was a, it was a spinal injury though. So, um, but yeah, it was, 
pretty wild. It's tough, man. Like, yeah, like in in the water, you just never know, it? Like when when you're swimming, and then like you said, it just sort of turns, yeah. and then it just conditions get so much worse. It's it's honestly scary, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It, and I love. I mean, he's he's been a scuba diver like his whole life. Uh, we we love the ocean, the the water, but it's just like never expected anything like that to happen. It was just like a freak accident. Yeah. So, so, um, so yeah, once we got done with, with Hawaii, um, he's, he's better now, by the way, he's made a full recovery. Um, it took him like, yeah, it took him like three or four months to get out of the neck brace. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it's pretty, uh, unnerving uh, at the time. But when we got back from, from Hawaii, I was like, why am I doing, you know, why, why do I want to live the life that everyone lives? Uh, you know, work, work, work until you're like, you know, the age of retirement. And then you may not even live that long. So you're just going to work your entire life without knowing, you know, you're even going to be able to retire. So, um, I'm guessing your dad's, um, your dad's accident was sort of the catalyst to that train of thought. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, prior to that we were thinking okay well maybe we can move to texas or florida or or somewhere and, and buy like a buy another fixer and try to make some more money off of it and just kind of keep continuing to accumulate stuff uh yeah but uh yeah that kind of opened my eyes it's like what's the point of having all the stuff if if you may you don't know what tomorrow's going to bring you so yeah um, leave it all behind yeah so f- for the let's see I don't know, for like the eight months after that, leading up till January 1st this year, we were kind of just selling everything uh, that we had left. Everything we had in storage, we sold. Uh, and then we were we were planning out, okay, where should we, uh, where, should, where do we want to go? Where do we want to see? You know, if we're going to die in a year, where do we want to see before that happens? And so we just started planning. Was it, was it sort of the both of you... Um on board that you just want to travel at this point you're just selling everything but no sort of concrete plans as of yet or were you sort of talking about what the plans are yeah um we were it it both it sounded good to both of us um i'm more of a uh kind of like yeah whatever we'll do it and we'll figure out what happens my fiance is a little more um uh more well thought out and so that's why we make a good team also just like you know i was like oh you know, uh, we're running down the cliff, but she's like, well, we got to have a way to get back up the cliff. So <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's good balance. So yeah. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so we sold everything and then, uh, we decided that January 1st, uh, that was a year after the company was sold. And so I told the the new owners, I, I, I gave them a year to help them out. And then January yeah. 1st, the year was up and, and we left January 2nd for New Zealand with a one-way ticket nice so when when you went to new zealand was it was there sort of any plans for going forward or was it like i want to go to new zealand let's go and we'll figure it out yeah so that was kind of like uh, my fiance's always wanted to go to new zealand she loves the, like the lord of the rings and she's always wanted to see new zealand so i figured yeah. hey if we're gonna if we're gonna do it let's let's kind of make it somewhere you always wanted to go at first uh and i'll i want to go anywhere so so that's that was it we didn't really have we kind of had an idea of where to go after we wanted to follow like the good weather but uh but yeah we we had no plans we we wanted to rent motorcycles and travel around on motorcycles for like a month and so yeah in new zealand yeah in new zealand um 
on the on the South Island. So, and my fiance had never uh, really ridden motorcycle. She had one terrible experience when she was like four years old. She ran a dirt bike into some some rose bushes, and then since then she was like completely terrified of them. But yeah. uh, this, <laughs> the, the summer the summer before we left, I said, "Well, let's get a dirt let's get dirt bikes and ride around in the woods, and you can practice." And so she actually got on dirt bike. She practiced on there. She got pretty good at it. She took her uh, her motorcycle like licensing test. She passed that, and so then yeah, so then we were ready for New Zealand. Nice, nice. So, so were you did you bought them dirt bikes in New Zealand? No, just we just hired uh, hired some like the smallest little bikes. Have you ever seen the movie uh, Dumb and Dumber? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so that's it's kind of it's kind of like what we rented, just like undersized, like little Suzuki GN one twenty fives. We had um, like basically all of our possessions strapped on each bike. Like it was pretty funny looking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, no, that's that's. It, it sounds good though. Like to be honest, like just sort of going wherever on a bike. But what I'm yeah. really curious about, to be honest, is so at this point you've sort of sold everything and I'm guessing that the net of everything is, is now money. And then it's, it's, it's an amount that you have. Um, what were you sort of thinking about sort of like sustaining yourself um, through your travels? Was that not sort of a thought you had because you thought it'd be fine and you know, we can make it stretch or whatever, or, or did you have plans for we'll make it to this much. And then at this point we're going to have to like go back to a nine to five or whatever. Yeah. So, so, um, we had, we had saved up a bunch of money plus the proceeds from the house sale. Um, and so between the house sale and then, you know, our savings, we figure we could probably go for about a year. And so, uh, as long as we're traveling like cheap, cheaper places like New Zealand and Australia, they were expensive. So, uh, couldn't do that for a full year and we knew, we knew that going into it. So, uh, but yeah, yeah, budgeting, we, we budget a lot. Uh, we try to keep it at like, and like uh, developing countries, we try to keep it at like fifty dollars a day per person. Um, but yeah, Australia, like New Zealand, we try. I mean, we tried to keep it at like a hundred dollars a day per person, but it's just like a little hostel in New Zealand that like was it was like a hundred dollars a night. Sense. Oh, oh uh, really? Like a hostel? Yeah, like like oh, not a okay. dorm. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. just like ridiculously expensive so a hundred dollars a night for a hostel that's insane yeah and it's just like a little bed with with uh yeah it's just it was insane <laughs> so yeah well what was it like in new zealand though was it sort of was it what you expected because um yeah i know that yeah. like it's, it's it's a lot of scenery isn't it yeah very picturesque i mean we we rode i think we rode the bikes close to four thousand kilometers uh in new zealand and so uh it rained. It was sunny. It was, uh, it was cold. It was hot. It was a little bit of everything just because we saw so much of it. Um, Mm. what we weren't expecting is like this year, uh, they had a cyclone cyclone Gabriel and we were down there for that, but we were on this, we were supposed to stay in New Zealand for two months, but, uh, right when we were going to switch to the North Island cyclone Gabriel came in and then, we said, well, we should just leave because like the airports were flooding, everything was flooding. And so we bought uh, tickets, more tickets to Australia. We had already bought tickets, but they're non-refundable. Um, so we had to buy another yeah. set of tickets. And then it turns out that I bought the wrong tickets again. And so now I had to buy a third set of plane tickets to Australia from New Zealand. So <laughs> it's just like, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, 
yeah. But uh, as far as but as far as like New Zealand goes, yeah, I mean, definitely would go back. I mean, it's it's pretty beautiful down there. Yeah, yeah. No, this is this. I mean, it's, it's where Lord of the Rings was filmed. The scenery is amazing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we got to see like the the Weta workshop where they make like all the props for the Lord of the Rings and whatnot. Um, yeah, and the people down there, the the Kiwi people, uh, just New Zealanders, they're so friendly. I mean, we got invited in yeah, yeah. like like oh, if you if you're staying here tonight you can stay on our couch if you want it's like wow to us coming from america we'd never experienced like that type of hospitality before ever you know yeah so, just kind of no they're super nice yeah they're super nice i mean the kiwis i've met like have all been like so sort of like upbeat and happy and like always like here to help it's just a lovely culture yeah but yeah, so at this point you were in you were in australia and i saw your your video on youtube the one yeah. where you were sort of driving through the outback. Oh, that one. Yeah, that one got kind of popular. Uh, yeah, so yeah, we flew flew to Australia. Um, we had met some some Aussies on a like the Milford Sound. Uh, we did like a cruise, and we were talking with some Aussies. And they said, "Oh, we said we we're going to go to Cairns. It's Cairns. It's up by the uh, Great Barrier Reef." They said, "Oh, go a little bit further to Port Douglas." So we went there, hung out there for a few weeks, and that's kind of where I. Uh, sorry, I'll, I'm just trying to fill in the gap before the. Uh, outback um yeah, yeah. Uh, uh so that's where this is when i that was when i got my first job uh designing remotely and so uh the company who i'd worked for before they said hey do you have do you want to do some remote work i said yeah sure that's why i opened a company so they said give me a price gave my price they said okay when can you start on it and so i kind of just did my first job for them uh in australia so we kind of settled down for two weeks, and, I, and that, at that point in time, I was like, so "Wow, you know, this might right? be a yeah." I was contracted to just do like a design a design job for the company who I'd, I previously worked for back home. I had the knowledge of a certain project uh, that they were that they had won, and so I had done like four of the same type of projects before, and so they said, "Hey, do you want to do you want to do this one for us?" And I said, "Yeah, yeah." When when you say design, do you sort of like the way I picture it is there's a, there's a, like a building of sorts and you sort of design the fire safety aspects yeah. of it or yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So they'll send me over, uh, they'll send me over some like, uh, uh, architectural drawings, like blueprints. It's all online now. They're just, they're not called blueprints yeah. anymore, but, um, yeah, they, they'll, they sent me those, they send me the CAD files and then uh, I just can design it remotely anywhere in the world. Yeah. Sounds good. So, Sounds good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then, uh, so after then, after uh, Port Douglas, we we're like, well, what should we do now? Uh, do we want to take the train or do we want to go uh, to Uluru? And so we uh, uh, we rented a van for like a month because it was a lot cheaper than um, renting like Airbnbs or hotels there by quite a bit, and so we thought. Yeah. Um, but uh the the petrol was so expensive over there i think it really didn't didn't uh <laughs> i don't think it was, ended really? up being cheaper yeah so so you stayed in the van as well right yeah yeah it just had like a little bed and a refrigerator and like a little camp stove uh in there nice. so but yeah it was fun nice yeah so um when you were when you were sort of in in the van that's when you went to the outback right it's like a little black yeah. van, if I remember it correctly. Yeah, yeah. So we so we drove it um, into the outback. 
we were actually going to, uh, so the Stewart Highway goes north and south um, through the outback, like the red center of Australia. We were going to t- go from Port Douglas to the northern part of Stewart Highway, but it was the rainy season and all the roads were flooded. Every single road was flooded. So we had to make like a, oh, like a 16 hour detour South. And at this point we're already committed. Like we have the van, we're doing this. So, so we had yeah. to drive for like 16 hours around the South to the, to the Southern point of the Stewart highway. And then go from there, go to Uluru and then double back. Yeah. See, see, that's the thing with Australia. Like I've, I've always sort of thought about moving there, but the idea of like you can drive for hours and hours and hours for like to, to get to the nearest city is like insane to me. Like especially like if you're in Perth, I think like it's mm-hmm. like the furthest um, big city from any other city. Like it's just insane, like how much emptiness there is. Yeah, yeah, like it's yeah. There, there's a lot of a lot of emptiness and a lot of kangaroos um, in those stretches. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I, I mean. Australia so far is like probably one of the, so I'm a huge arachnophobe. Uh, I don't like spiders at all, yeah. uh, so, but I, but I've always wanted to go see the great barrier reef. So like leading up to like leaving, I was like uh, looking at pictures on Google of like the um, huntsman spiders just to try to desensitize myself to them. But, <laughs> um, but I never, never saw any spiders uh, except for in the Daintree rainforest. Um, yeah. But those, those weren't that, uh, they weren't like jumping out at you. So, but did you did you did you go to the the Great Barrier Reef because you, you snorkel right don't you? Yeah, yeah, a snorkel and a, a scuba dive. But uh, we did go, and I have I was going to put out a video on it, except for the day we went, it was like a, it was like so stormy, and like people were literally throwing up on the boat to get out there because you don't just like walk out on the reef. Um, you have yeah. to take a boat uh, for like yeah. an hour, I think, because there's crocodiles up by the Barrier Reef. So. Um, which I didn't know that. So we took a, we took Cro- like crocodiles a crocodiles in the barrier reef. Well, on like the, uh, so like you have the great barrier reef and you have like canes and Port Douglas and then everywhere around the shoreline there is infested with saltwater crocodiles. So you can't just go like I, snorkeling off the beach. I literally, I've, I've, I feel, I feel stupid, but I never knew this crocodiles in the sea. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The saltwater—they don't like go. They don't go like too far out, but they'll they'll swim like I don't know, hundred yards offshore to like get to their next destination. Yeah, yeah. So at least you didn't know they existed. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought they just like yeah, a lake and like river. So yeah, well, they have saltwater crocodiles and freshwater crocodiles. Um, and I think yeah. that the salt. I don't know 100%. I think it's the saltwater ones that are like the really big, nasty ones. Yeah. So, yeah. But, so, uh, so what was it like in, in, the, in the Great Barrier Reef? Because I've always sort of like, because I'm, I'm going to Southeast Asia as well in, in, in a few months' time. And mm-hmm. I know there's like so many sort of scuba diving hotspots, but you have to sort of get your certifications because I've heard that it can be quite dangerous scuba diving in the sense that. I was told, I'm not sure if this is fame mongering or not, but apparently like it can lead to like instant death if you don't know if you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you can get you can get uh, they call it like uh, getting narked out. Um, well, that's like one of the things. So if you don't if you don't do like your there's just a lot of ways you can die doing it. Um, so yeah, like I, I had to get certified through like Patty, but but what they do have if you did were interested 
is they have like introductory classes where basically you take like a 45 minute kind of brief rundown and then you're like tethered with the instructor the entire time. So it's kind of just like a dip your toes in the water. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, right. but do you still get to go down and sort of? Yeah. 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 You get to go down to like, I think it's like 10 meters or so. So it's still pretty okay. far under. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So what was that like? Um, great but yeah, the great. Um, it was, uh, crowded. Uh, okay. I'm sure like, I'm sure there's a lot of places there that basically what you do is you get on a big boat and they take you out with like, and there's like 120 people who are going on this excursion on the same boat. And so there's like 50 yeah. or not, not 50. There's like 15 different boats out there all carrying a hundred people on. So I think they, what they do is they take you to like tourist spots. So you don't damage the entire reef, which I a hundred percent respect, you know, um, Mm-hmm. For me, I'm just like, I always look at these pictures and it's like Nat Geo took these like beautiful pictures of the Great Barrier Reef. And it's, it was like that. I mean, I've definitely seen worse spots, but I was just like, ah, there's so many people here. So, uh, but I'm glad I went. Just a bunch of boats. It's just a bunch of boats and a bunch of people. So it was, it was still fun though. I mean, um, you know, I'm, I'm glad I got to say I did it, but uh that's the thing about photos online. It's like, and like Instagram and whatnot. It's like people get so used to seeing like these picture perfect spots. It's yeah. like, that's not real life. You know, that's not how it looks. <laughs> Maybe one yeah, for no, one definitely. second. Yeah, yeah. definitely. That, that's the, that's the thing. Like, I feel like whenever you go see somewhere online, you should really go with like the expectation that it's going to be a tourist death trap. And then if it's not amazing, if it is, you already knew, but it's, it's still, it's still a nice place to go. Yeah. But yeah, did, yeah. You, did you snorkel down there or did you scuba dive? I, 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 yeah, I scuba dove. Um, I scuba dove, did like uh, three dives and it was cool. Yeah, I mean, we saw uh, tons of fish, tons of coral. Like that was the cool thing. There's a bunch of coral formations I've never seen before and which was cool to see. So, um, nice. I mean, I, yeah, I can't complain. It's just a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, and no, that makes sense. But yeah, so yeah, lead me through what what was sort of after Australia. Yeah, yeah. So after Australia, we did the outback, um, and then we got to, uh, we got, uh, yeah, went through Australia. I think we did like seven thousand kilometers in Australia in the van, which is like crazy. And then uh, you really got yeah. your money out of the rentals. Oh man, yeah, yeah. The gas stations <laughs> got our money too. The petrol station, uh, and then. Uh, so from there, we knew we wanted to go to Vietnam. That was the one place in Southeast Asia where we've like heard amazing things about. So we said, okay, yeah. if we go to if we go to Southeast Asia and we hate it, or at least said we've well, said we've been to Vietnam. So yeah. uh, we uh, we flew into Hanoi, and we planned to stay there for about a month. And so we did uh, Hanoi. We stayed in like the old quarter, uh, I think, in somebody's like house, not like a hotel at all it was like the cheapest place we could possibly find and then uh yeah just from there just you know started eating all the street food and and whatnot uh, uh so what, what was it like hanoi like because that's that's somewhere i've always heard like when i when i look in online for sort of suggestions in southeast asia vietnam always seems to stand out yeah uh hanoi i thought it was pretty fun like i'd never been to the east before um and so it was really it was a big difference from Australia, you know, where Australia, everything's so spread out. Like it was like, 
wow. And my fiance had a, uh, she had a hard time with it. She, uh, you know, once the initial like, uh, like, oh, we're somewhere new. Now it's like, okay, there's a lot of people here and I'm not sure I like this. Um, it was just very busy. Mm-hmm. But uh, man, I tell you, the, the, the Vietnamese people are so friendly. That's like the one thing. Everyone in Southeast Asia, everyone is so friendly. Like they're, they just yeah. want to help you and, and just show you a good time. So, um, but yeah, Hanoi was definitely fun. Yeah. So, well, did you go to did you go to like Halong Bay and Yes. Yeah, we did we did Halong Bay for like two nights and it's again a touristy destination, but um it was pretty fun. Uh any it's just it's a lot different than anywhere in the West. So like for Halong Bay we went on this like cruise and every night like the locals would these ladies would come up in these rowboats and they'd sell you beer for like a quarter of the price than the boat would sell you. So, but, but like that was, that's what they did for a living. And it's like, man, this is yeah, yeah. it's so awesome. It's like that people are still like living this way, I guess. I mean, it's, it's just, yeah. it's just crazy to me. So, but yeah, definitely. What, what was it like in sort of Halong Bay? Cause I think you, you sort of get a cruise and you stay in that cruise and then they sort of like drive you around all the sites and yeah, yeah, we did. Um, we did, uh, we got on the boat and had like buffet lunch. And then, uh, they took us after that, they took us to like this gigantic cave. It was so big. Like, Oh man, it was like, I don't know how big it was. This thing was huge. It was like yeah, yeah, yeah. bigger than a football field on the inside. And, <laughs> and like vertically, it was like probably 50 yards tall. It was crazy. And so, um, they took us around to that and then, take you to another island but there's just so many people there it's but another touristy thing that that's what i've learned about in traveling it's like it's never the places that get talked about all the time that are the cool places like the cool places are that nobody knows about like that's where you can really find like the little hidden gems and whatnot but how do you find them like would, would you say just sort of rent a bike or a car and just go or yeah like uh i don't know so so yeah, how do you find them? Like right now, we're in this little town called uh, Kep in Cambodia, and we—I don't know how we found it. Uh, <laughs> we 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 filled out our visa like four months ago, and we're like, okay, well, our plan is to land in Hanoi and then go out through the uh, like a land a land crossing near Cambodia. So we already filled our visa out, and then we're like, okay, well, what's a town that's close there? We're tired. The we're tired of the mainland. Let's go by the water. And so I just looked on Google map and, Oh, here's a place called Kep. Well, that looks like they have a beach. Let's go there. And yeah, <laughs> just, yeah. I don't know, uh, but yeah, it just comes, doesn't it? Yeah. You just got to get out of your comfort zone. You know, it's just like, um, you know, if, if you, if you follow the travel guidebooks and whatnot, then you're just going to be following the same book as a thousand other people at the same time. But if, but if you just kind of put the book down and I like to, to just browse on Google maps and like, look at pictures. Like I did that all last year. I just saved places. I looked at pictures. And said, oh, that looks cool. And I saved it. And so now I have like a arsenal of little places that look kind of fun. Yeah. No, nice. I like something as well that I've heard is, um, befriending locals is like a great way to see them places because it's yeah. always the locals know where to go to avoid other tourists. Yeah, for sure. So, so in, uh, when we were in Saigon, uh, there's this website that's called with locals. And I, I don't think a lot of people have heard about this website. Uh, I know I didn't. So 
Uh, with Locals is like a website that they hook you up with actual people who live there who speak English and they can kind of customize a tour with you. So uh, for my next video that I'm putting out, I'm editing it right now. Uh, we did a tour with with a local gal, uh, Tian, and she took us around to all these places and she was like a translator for us uh, to all of her friends, like in the actual markets. Like seriously, there was zero tourists around anywhere we went and like the people were just so thrilled to just like talk with us and like uh i remember we walked by like this butcher shop and they had brains in a bucket like uh, i think they were cow brains or pig brains and we're like wow i've never seen that before and they're like and she translated that to them and they're like you've never seen this before like what like they thought it they thought it was crazy that we had never seen it and we thought it was crazy just because we were seeing it so it's it's cool (laughs) yeah Yeah, it's kind of cool I think that's a really good suggestion. Like, what you said, it was called with locals. With locals, yeah, and like you can like they have a bunch of them, and they kind of tell you like what they're good at. Um, you know, this gal, I I liked her because she was like a she was kind of funny, and I watched a video uh, of her, and so I was like, oh, she would probably jive on our channel, and 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 sure enough, yeah, she was super funny. We were, we were like laughing the entire day, and she customized this tour for us, and it was great. Nice. So, do you did you do you get to sort of see videos of the lo- of the the local and how did you sort of know that was the person to choose? Uh, yeah. So they each have like uh, it's kind of yeah. They have like a everybody who's in that area. So it's like you know Bob, Joe, Jim, or whoever, and you just scroll yeah. through them, and it and it kind of says like this person's a storyteller, this person's a comedian, this person is like, and you can like look at their bio, and then you just reach out to them, and I mean prices was super affordable it's just like really yeah and it goes mostly to them you know and so it's like instead of booking through this huge tour company it's like it was just me and my fiance and then the the guide and it was just so much more like authentic uh yeah yeah so yeah how, how much how much was it out of interest because that's i think that's like honestly such a great tool for people to use and it's, yeah. it's just it's, it feels like it's, it's really sort of worth it especially in your experience yeah, yeah. So um, I, I want to say the prices vary depending on, you know, obviously where you are and who it's with. But for her, I think yeah. it was like, I think it was like $40 for like four hours, 40 US dollars. Yeah, for a personalized tour with two people. So not too bad. No, that's definitely, that's, that's, a, that's a great price, especially if, you, if, if people go in groups. Like yeah. It's, it's, it's really a bargain, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and the alternative is like you get on a big bus and then follow a guy with a flag around. And it's like, okay, everybody, this is yeah, yeah. <laughs> to me, that's so boring. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. Like uh, for, for, for me, like my, my worst nightmare is like fast fun. Where it's yeah. Like, especially like on them tours, it's like, right, everyone like this is something that you should really enjoy. And yeah. I'm just like, ah, oh, like, don't, don't tell me I need to enjoy it because I'm not going to enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so. Yeah, like how? Yeah, so I think this point, how long day, um, and then you stayed in Vietnam for a bit, and then Cambodia, right? Yeah. So we just so we went. Uh, yeah. How so we went how long day, and then we went to Hoi An, which uh, I did another job for. So we kind of rested up for two weeks at like a little uh, resort in Hoi An, but another touristy spot, but we were told like, go see it. And it was beautiful. There's just so many tourists. And then, uh, then we did Saigon, Ho Chi Minh city. Uh, that's where we did the, the thing with our friend Tian. Then we went to the Mekong river and did like a homestay. And 
uh, yeah, I'd highly recommend, I mean, anyone going to Vietnam, a homestay is really cool. You actually get to stay in someone's house and kind of learn a little bit more like about the area. And so we toured like some factories where they make like, where they make clay pots, a tour to factory where they make like these little candies and whatnot. And so, oh, and I bought some snake wine there, um, which was on my list. <laughs> I saw it on your Instagram actually. Oh yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I got some of that. I'm going to, hopefully I can send it back home. I'm going to try, but they might get taken. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you know, you never know until you try. I mean, if they take it, whatever. <laughs> but have you, uh, have you had some yet or? Uh, no, I don't want to open it because I don't want it to like, you know, I wanted to ship it when it's still sealed. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I was thinking about opening it and just trying some, but I don't know. We'll, we'll see. You should have bought like a little mini, like little 15 uh, I know. bottle yeah. of mini snake. Yeah, they had, they had some too. And I thought about it. I don't know why I didn't, but that's the thing. It's <laughs> like, uh, there's so much, there's so much cool stuff that you can just like, acquire on the way it's like man i would have never i don't know anyway um but yeah so, so i've seen i've seen i saw this i saw like on on your instagram like one of them was like a like a full-blown cobra in like a bottle yeah yeah so that's what mine has insane yeah yeah so mine's like uh probably a, a liter uh and it's like it's kind of like a i don't actually have a picture of mine on there she wrapped it up but yeah mine's got a full cobra in there so. And it's, so it's got a scorpion and a cobra and i don't i think it's got something else but yeah i was just like whoa so <laughs> pretty cool That's insane, man. would you uh, did you find that from the homestay or did they sort of like lead to that place or yeah, yeah so um at the homestay we, like i said we were doing the doing the tours of the factories and then uh, we went to this like they made coconut like candies there and I was looking around and I was like, oh, it's like they got gifts here. And I, I know they, I knew, I've heard that they had that type of stuff near the Mekong. I turned around and I saw that big old jar of snakes. I was like, they got snake wine. So then, yeah, obviously you had to get some. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, no, therefore. Where, where did you, where did you find the homestay, by the way? Was it like Airbnb that, or? Yeah, that was just on uh, booking.com. So, um, right. Yeah. But, uh, I guess in the cheaper, right? As well, local speak English or. Oh yeah, they, yeah. That's the thing about like all these countries. Everyone, not everyone, but it's like so many people like at least try to speak English. But the homestay, yeah, she spoke really good English. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm guessing like tourists are always sort of coming and going. It's their work essentially, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, for let's here. Let me do some conversion real quick. It was eight hundred thousand dong for two nights at the homestay. So that is equal to like $34 for two nights us yeah yeah so, it's so cheap yeah it's pretty good <laughs> i mean yeah i know a lot of people back home and they just they've never gone to like southeast asia or whatnot and you know i don't know i don't know why but i i love it here yeah 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 what was what was it like in in the home state did he sort of cook for you and like show you around or what, what is it yeah yeah so they just uh they cook breakfast for you and then you can like buy uh, dinner from them if you wanted to but uh we've got we we had her dinner the first night and it was really good and then the second night we went uh into the town you take a little ferry across to town and we had just like a like a you know like asian style barbecue where you have the little barbecue on the table yeah uh yeah so we got like that a buffet for that for like I don't know, ten dollars all you can eat meat. So it was pretty fun. So. Nice. 
what, yeah. what's the what's the food like sort of because i know that like in in the west the like vietnamese food isn't really vietnamese food and chinese food isn't really chinese food. <laughs> what was it like sort of trying authentic like especially because like a vietnamese like lady or whoever it was literally cooked it for you in in her house yeah no i mean like i love so so some vietnamese food is pretty is pretty close like chinese food i don't i don't know I, I've heard that that's not very authentic, like in the West, <laughs> but uh, like the Vietnamese food that I've had back home, it's just, it's just more limited, like pho and uh, balmy sandwiches. Those are definitely there, but yeah, like we had like, uh, you know, like glass noodles with fried eel soup and like super good, but uh, you know, there's not a lot of rice in Vietnam. It's more like they make it into rice noodles. And so a lot of soups there, which is nice, except for it's like 35 to 40 degrees here every day so it's just like you wake up for breakfast and have soup and you're like oh my god <laughs> so uh, yeah, no, but no, definitely because like, it's, it's, it's breakfast like lunch and dinner isn't it yeah hot food every single day something uh, you get used to i guess yeah yeah definitely um i don't know if that's just like i think it's just like the refrigeration uh status over here there's just not a lot of it so i think they just cook everything just to be on the safe side yeah so yeah no it makes sense so but, just really quickly sort of moving on from vietnam how how's yeah. cambodia so far because i know you've been there for like i think it's been a few days now yeah a few days cambodia is great we're just kind of hanging out in this little beach town um eating like fresh seafood they just get i mean it's kind of like a they're known for crab here so i've had crab like every night but like getting here so uh we crossed our first land border so we took like a bus uh from mekong down to the border of cambodia and it took like 12 hours apparently the border closed at six o'clock at night which we didn't really know when we came here and so like the whole way we're just having to like trust people to help us out along the way who barely speak any english and then like yeah our taxi guy was super cool he loved to talk to us like through google translate and then uh, he made sure the bus driver knew that we were going to this spot then the bus driver called ahead and so we had a guy waiting for us in Cambodia who spoke really good English and uh, he pretty much escorted us through the border. Um, we didn't have any cash on us, which was stupid, but, but uh, yeah. because they uh, apparently Cambodia, they don't take the Vietnamese dollar. The exchange rate kind of sucks. So he paid for our visa, kind of just fronted us the entire thing until we got to our final destination, uh, pulled out some money and yeah. Uh, but yeah, Cambodia. How, how did you meet this guy? Was it, was it online or? luck i don't know it was not it was uh, the the taxi driver asked the bus driver if he was going to um uh i don't even remember the town's name but the bus driver said yep this bus goes there paid the bus driver the the bus driver called his contact in cambodia who was this guy and so then uh he met us there and and uh i'm gonna put him in my next video just for people uh, yeah Look no, it's, it's, yeah. it's insane it's, it's, it's good that like you sort of meet these people who are like genuinely trying to help um, yeah because like in these tourist areas like a lot of people can just sort of like be so like ready to take your money and like help is like mm-hmm. their last priority for sure for sure yeah once you get out of the touristy spots yeah definitely people are like they don't really know i'm sure that it happens but it's like everyone just is so friendly and kind it's like that's the one thing that i don't really experience the u.s in the u.s it's just like everyone fend for yourself like get out of my way i've got my own business going on i don't have time to help you but here it's like if you were yeah. if you were hungry people would feed you it's just it's, it's it's crazy to me it's just a foreign concept 
Yeah, that, that's definitely my experience as well because when whenever I've travelled, I feel like when you're in the tourist hotspots, people know that there's money to be made, essentially the locals, and you can't really blame them. But as as a tourist, it's, it's not a nice experience knowing that all these people around me are, know that I'm like essentially a walking like wallet. But as yeah. soon as you sort of leave the sort of like dirt path and you, and you sort of go into somewhere that's much less touristy, you get these people who are like genuinely so willing to help. Like I was traveling once and like we were like on this dirt road um, in the middle of Morocco and this this like we just got completely lost because like Google Maps is not working, barely any like signal and there's just no, no clue where to go. <laughs> And then this like random old man comes on like a moped and then like literally drives with us like half an hour, like on this like horribly bumpy road on his like, <laughs> like tiny little bike, just like dying to help. And it's just like, it's such a nice thing to see. Cause like you said, in the West, you don't really sort of get to have those experiences with people. Yeah. So Cambodia, you're in, what was, what was the city called? It's called Kep, K-E-P. So it's like Southern tip of Cambodia, right, right across from the Vietnam border. Nice, nice. And has it has it been like any different to 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 to, to Vietnam or, um, like what's that? What's all you noticed? Yeah, I mean, we the only big difference is like in Vietnam we were staying in a lot of cities, a touristy destinations, so it was way busier. Here it's kind of there's like way less people, and it's just kind of, uh, more chill. But yeah, other than that, it's it's kind of the same. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Would you would you recommend it? Like in terms of like kept in terms of culture and yeah sort of like authenticity or um, is it just beach yeah it's just a fishing village you know uh they got a little beach but i think they're actually i think tomorrow or no on the 5th of may the southeast asia games start here and so i think it's like the nice. olympic pre-trials or something like that so um uh i don't know what that's do with anything but <laughs> yeah uh, i'd recommend it I think that now that you're in Kep, what's the sort of plan for the future in terms of traveling? Are you are you thinking sort of ahead of where what you might be doing in sort of a year or two years time? Do you have like a journey plan or what's what's the sort of end um, goal? Yeah, I don't know. The end goal is like either we run out of money or we maybe find a place that we can. I'd like to open up like a like a resort, uh, not like a big resort, just like a little bungalows with like a like a kitchen and like a make yeah. your own you know, like maybe brew some beer or something that to me sounds yeah, yeah. fun. But, uh, you know, ultimately if we just run out of money and we get tired of traveling, then probably just go back somewhere in the United States and, and, uh, continue on. I mean, that's the Our thing. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing. It's like, okay, I already know all this stuff. I, I, you know, we made all this money, we made our careers, right. If we lose it all, we know how to do it again. It hasn't, it's not like yeah. we've been doing it for 30 years, right? It's been yeah, five yeah, years. Yeah. yeah can always start back up so yeah definitely and i think i think like apologies if i'm if i'm like sort of assuming but i think like for, for you in particular like for people that are in a similar sort of point in life as you like you and your fiance no kids i'm assuming right yeah yep yeah no kids like it's, it's a good time to sort of take those risks because it's just sort of you two and you can you like you're both adults and like later on in life like it's, it's a lot more difficult for people to sort of take the same steps that you've taken yeah, I would, I would say so. I mean, even it's crazy because I'm, my dad's, like I said, he's ready to retire, but even he's having a hard time actually, uh, moving forward with it. It's just like people get stuck in that, uh, mm. that, that, uh, 
the same thing. They just, they don't know how to change. And so the easiest, I mean, it is, it was hard for us to just to do it, but you just got to put one foot in front of the other and eventually you wind up somewhere you've never been before. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 yeah, it's definitely like a bit of like a rat race because I feel like the more you sort of established, the more it's difficult to sort of like accept change. And I feel like for a lot of retirees, that's like something that they struggle with, isn't it? Because you've been doing the same thing for so long that yeah, you, you don't really want to like sort of leave that all behind, even if it's something that sounds more pleasurable and more sort of leisurely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, they don't want to... Uh... I guess get out of their comfort zone. And then, and then too, you get to that age, then you start having grandbabies and then you really don't want to leave. So it's like, yeah, <laughs> to, to me, it's like, if, if you want to do something, you should just do it and go for it. And you can always go back to what you're doing before if it doesn't work out. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, yeah. So Chris, I, I was wondering, are you going anywhere after Cambodia? Um, are you, are you planning to stay in Southeast Asia or are yeah, you sort of so- taking that as it goes? So, so Thailand has a rocket festival uh, in like, I think it's in two weeks. And so we're going to make our way up through Cambodia to the rocket festival. And what they do there rocket is, festival. yeah, yeah. So they, they make these like, you know, like model rockets where they launch up in yeah. the air. Yeah. So they make these rockets out of bamboo that are like uh, three to four meters long. No, no, five meters long. Yeah. Uh, and then they they make homemade jet fuel and they basically it's kind of done in like the countryside all the towns compete against each other they launch them up in the air and see who's goes the highest apparently i'm i don't know much about it but that's what we're gonna go try to see so, <laughs> that's uh, insane i'm looking up right now and it, it literally looks like <laughs> missiles like like yeah. it's no joke like there's a lot of smoke and they're going high yeah yeah so that's in that's in two weeks we're gonna we're gonna do that and i think we're gonna go to nepal from from bangkok we're gonna fly to nepal and we're gonna do that for a couple weeks and then uh i think we'll go to japan then europe and then who knows nice 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 yeah (laughs) that's 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 really good to hear man like i'm i'm really sort of excited i'm i'm sure you'll make a video on the rocket festival oh for sure for sure yeah yeah that'll be uh that's yeah definitely How's it going with, with the YouTube, by the way? Sort of, are you getting to grips with it? Is it something new to you? Uh, it's Yeah, so um, I did like a little stint of video editing when I was in school um, for like a semester. And so I have a little bit of knowledge on it. But uh, yeah, it's all new to me. It's it's going all right. You know, it's uh, every day is a learning curve. And uh, yeah, I mean, realistically, like one out of, a thousand actually make it really big on YouTube and whatnot. And I know that, but yeah. to me, the, the most, the, the coolest thing for it, sorry, the coolest thing to me about YouTube is one, my family can watch what we're doing. And two, mm-hmm. it's like a video diary instead of like writing a journal 100%. every day. Yeah. We can look back in 10 years and say, Oh my gosh, I remember that. That was so cool. So whether or not we become successful, I mean, if we do, that's great. That's a good byproduct, but at the end of yeah. the day, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I think that's really sort of the way to look at it because, like you said, you're creating these sort of video memories for yourself in the future, for your family and so on, and you're sort of making them with that premise. And I think I think sort of like success comes with it. Like if, if you're consistently putting it out and you, you're you're doing it for the right reasons, I think it'll be fine because what I found is with a lot of like young people in particular who try to do YouTube and then fail is that they try it out and like they get frustrated that they're not blowing up and like they're mm-hmm. not making 
like YouTube money, but like it's it's something that really sort of comes when you're not when you're not expecting it because it's hard to sort of be like, right, I'm gonna become a YouTuber and then like becoming a YouTuber and start making YouTube money. Like it's it's not how it works. Yeah. Yeah, you, your heart's gotta be in it and you may fail, but yeah. the thing about like, failures like, You learn. Yeah, yeah. If you don't fail then that means you didn't try so or you succeeded one of the two yeah and like you said like what's what's the worst that can happen you've got like beautiful videos that you can look back at look back to in a few years time like yeah yeah but now that sounds that sounds really good i think i think that wraps it up nicely thank you so much for your time today chris um it's really appreciated good luck on the rest of your journey and i'd love to hear back from you as well once you've been to the rocket festival nepal (laughs) and japan and so on Um, yeah but yeah thank you so much for coming on today cool man well thanks for having me i appreciate it thank you thank you chris